Good morning, good morning, good morning, well and daughters of the King. Um, what a pleasure it is to be <clears throat> with you again this morning. Uh, first and foremost, let me just thank God for everything. And I do mean everything, even the challenges, right, the circumstances, the situations, just everything. Um, and I want to thank um, Apostle Joanne just for the opportunity to once again be able to come forth and bring the word of encouragement. And I want to say a prayer again. My name is Deborah. Um, and I want to say a prayer before I go into the word of encouragement. <clears throat> thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day, Lord God. I thank you so much for waking me up on this morning, for breathing breath into my body, for keeping me throughout the night, Lord God. I thank you. So much, Lord God, that you woke me up this morning in my right frame of mind. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you so much for that. I thank you, Lord God, for just making this day, Lord God, as I worshiped you this morning. It just hit me that this is the day that you have made, Lord your day, for your glory, for your pleasure, for you to be honored, for you to be worshipped. This is your day, Lord God. I had no hand in on this. No human being had no hand in on this day, creating this day. And no matter what goes on around me, Lord God, I will rejoice and be glad in this day, Lord. So I just thank you, Father God, for what you are going to do this morning, Lord God, in me and through me, Father. I repent right now for every sin of omission and commission, God, anything that I may have said, thought, done, God, any type of attitude I may have put forth, Lord, that did not please you, did not honor or represent you well, Father. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me, Father, to cleanse me of every unrighteousness, God, to continue to search my heart thoroughly, Lord. I give you permission to come in and search me thoroughly, Father, and to destroy Take out and kill by fire, Lord, anything that is not of you, anything that does not honor you, Lord. And I thank you for the work that you are doing in me. I thank you for the work that you are doing in me. I thank you for the cleaning and the washing and the purging and the clipping and the cutting and the stretching that you are doing in me because I see your hands. I see your mighty move in my life, and I thank you so much for that, Lord. I pray right now that you will decrease me, decrease me all the way. I don't even want them to hear me, Lord. I want your daughters to hear you this morning, Lord God, to hear your heart, Lord God, what you have for them, Lord God, what you want to minister to their hearts, Lord God. That's what I desire, Father. And you said in your word that you would give me the desires of my heart if they match your desires, Father, and this right here matches your desire, Father. Let them hear you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And again, um, thank you so much, um, Apostle Joanne, for the opportunity. I was, you know, um, I had been on a, a, a couple of weeks ago, and when I noticed that I was um, up, up again on the schedule to to give the word of encouragement, you know, I remember when it was a time that I would just, you know, speak whatever I want to speak, say whatever I want to say, you know. Um, and I'm, in the, I'm at this place in my life where 
you know, I no longer uh, desire to do that. Like if I know that I have to give a word of encouragement no matter where it may be, um, even down to to when like I'm a I'm a I'm a facilitator, like I teach classes to people. Um, that's part of what I do for a living. And even when I do that, even when I gotta I know I'm going to class, I'm always going before God and asking him, you know, what is it that he would have me to to present to the people, like how he would have me present it to them, even down to that, but even to the more when I'm given um, his word, I always want to spend time with him and get in his presence. And God is so, so he's so funny. Like I don't, I don't know about nobody else, but. For me, God is hilarious. Like, he be cracking me up the way that he'll, like, send confirmation, like, to let me know, yes, this is really what I want you to, to talk about. And I'm I'm going to stick kind of to, no, 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 not kind of. I'm going to stick to the theme of where I'm at right now. Um and, and and what God is doing in my life and what that is is that He's growing, right? He's building my faith, and so I'm gonna stick to that theme. That was the the theme that you know I I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and God just got me sticking to that, and I truly believe it's because of what He's doing. In my life, it's just so amazing to see the move of God in my life. Like before, I could never like, 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 no, I'd be like, was that him? Was that you, God? Did you really move? You know, I would like be going through the motions like that, but to stand firmly and adamantly and know that this is God moving in my life blows me away. Something something um like I said, opening up in prayer, how God woke me up this morning in my right frame of mind. And I had somebody ask me before, you know, what what that mean? Like what you mean? in your right frame of mind. I'm, and I said to them, you know, he woke me up in my mind. It's, it, it, it's at peace. My mind is still. My mind is on him. My mind is not thinking about things in which I can't or dwelling. Let me say this, dwelling or living, right, in things that I don't have no control over because the minute that I do that, I'm real clear about the fact that the minute that I start living, right, living in things that are not of God, meaning my thought, even to, even down to my thought patterns, it's a wrap for me. It's a wrap, you know, and so I just thank God for his move in my life. And so um, I was thinking about how, you know, I've worn glasses. I don't know about, I don't know how many people on here this morning wear glasses, <laughs> but I've worn glasses. I kid you not, I'm 56 years old. And I've worn glasses since I was six years old. I remember, and, and I mean, think about it. I said I'm 56, so that means I've been wearing glasses for 50 years. It just hit me just now. You've been wearing glasses for 50 years, and I mean 50 years straight, right? And I remember when I had to 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 start wearing glasses at six years old, and like you know, the first couple of years, maybe seven, eight years old, you know, I really didn't have a problem with wearing them, right? One of the things that I had took notice of is that when I would put the glasses on, I would be able to see, and I would be able to see clearly. And what would happen was when I would take the glasses off, I wouldn't be able to see. Right, I would be able to see, but but my my sight 
in my vision would be distorted. It, it would be distorted a lot. And, you know, I would think that this word said this and it really didn't. I would be trying to read and would skip a word. You know, it would just be a lot of hassle when I didn't wear my glasses, right? I would see things that, you know, really sometimes wasn't even there. Like reading, and, 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 and I see that the word is there, but I'm not seeing the word, so I'm not saying the word in the sentence. And the teacher, like, um, you skip the word, or a student in the class, you skip the word, Deborah, you know, and I'm like, uh, okay. So one of the things I realized is that I must wear my glasses, like, all the time. Like, I can't go without wearing my glasses. I have to have them on so that I'm able to clearly see and see the right way, right? Because if I don't put them on, then I won't see the right way at all. So that brings me to the title of um, the word of encouragement this morning. And the word of the, the title of the word of encouragement is what lenses, lenses, like, you know, lenses, L-E-N-S-E-S, are you putting on every day? Let me repeat that. What lenses are you putting on every day? Because whether, like, whether, whether we know it or not, like we all we gotta put on some lenses every day. Whether you got natural glasses or not, right? Whether you, you know, been wearing glasses like me for fifty years or not, each one of us has to put on some lenses every day that we wake up. Every day that God uh bless us to wake up, we gotta make a decision on what type of lenses we got to put on. And so that go let me go into the scriptures. I got three scriptures that I'm going to give, and the first one is coming from the book of Numbers, and it's chapter 13, and it's verse 33, and it's from the New King James Version. And that scripture says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. The next scripture is going to, I'm saying in the book of Numbers, and the next uh, chapter is chapter 14, and this is going to be coming from verse 9, and I'm, I'm giving this one from the NLT. And it says, do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And finally, Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse number seven, and this is coming from the New King James version, and it says, "For we walk by faith, not by sight." Amen, and may God add a blessing to the reading of His Word this morning. And I want to talk. I know that we all know. You know, this story right here um, from the Old Testament is one of the, you know, more popular stories um, from the Old Testament. Me, I love the Old Testament stories. You can just be pulling so much um, information from there. You can just always, for me, see, you know, the move of God in the stories of the Old Testament. You can just see it so clearly. Um, and so this is a story that I was I was reading a couple of months ago. I was reading this story. And the one thing that I want to focus on more than anything is when I read from um, chapter 13, verse 33. 
And I wanna I want us to focus on how the ten out of the twelve I don't want to call them spies. I don't want to call them leaders because that's what they were, right? Like they were leaders. If you if, if if you if you see from you know go back to the beginning of chapter thirteen, they were like the the the, the a person from not so much leaders, but they were a person from each of the twelve tribes um, of Israel. And so out of the out of the out of the twelve, it was. Ten that saw one way, and it was only two that saw another way. So I want to talk a little bit about the contrast between the two, right? The ten, the two groups. It was ten in one group and and two in another, right? And they definitely had on different sets of lenses. Right when when they when they went on that mission, because that's what Moses, you know, sent them on. Right, he sent them on a mission, and they both, when the mission set out, the onset of the mission, they both put on each group put on a different set of glasses. They put on a different set of lenses. Let me say it that way. Right. And so I don't want to talk right this minute about how the lenses that they put on caused them to see the situation in a different way. I want to talk about how the lenses they put on had them look at themselves in a different way, right? Because when we talk about the 10, right, the 10, the 10 who were not, right, and, and, and from what I really did not put on the right set, of lenses that on the onset of that mission, right? They look at themselves, right, through the eyes of their own flesh. That's how they were looking at themselves, right? How do I know that, right? How do I know that? Because they said in the scripture, right, we look like grasshoppers in our own sight. They wasn't looking through the lenses of God. They was looking through their own lenses, right? They was looking through the eyes of their flesh, which deceived them. It deceived them. When we, the flesh will deceive us when we look through it, right? So automatically they were deceived, and what happened was that they labeled themselves incorrectly. So I want to ask you, how many of us label ourselves incorrectly based off of, right, based off of putting on the incorrect lenses when we get up every morning? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They label themselves as grasshoppers, little bugs that can't do nothing, right, that are puny in size, weak, in strength, right, that's how they label themselves. Instead of labeling themselves as giants, as giants, it didn't even dawn on them that they were giants, right? And so because they mislabeled themselves, this is what, this is what happened, right? And when they when they mislabeled themselves, they caused themselves to to believe, right? Because labels cause us to believe a certain kind of way. Let me let me explain to you what I mean by that. When I was growing up as a kid, my grandmother would 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 say stuff to me like this. You know, you ain't gonna ever be nothing, right? You know you ain't never going to amount to nothing, right? You know that you are going to be a drug addict just like your father was, right? And she labeled me. And she would reinforce it constantly, right? So what did I do? I believed what she said because nobody else was telling me anything else to counteract that. So I 
believe what she said and how she labeled me, and guess what I began to do? Operate, make decisions, right, based off of that label, right, which wasn't good decisions. I began to operate, walk out who she said I was or wasn't going to be for that matter. So the same thing happened to the 10th five, right? Because the minute that they mislabeled themselves, it caused them to believe two things that I saw when I was, when I was studying this scripture. I saw two things, insecurity and inadequacy. Those were the two things that they allowed that mislabeling to cause them to believe that they were insecure and they were inadequate to do what it is that they were, 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 were called to do. So I want you to think about something. I want you to think about something. Look at the word, like I would encourage you to write that down, insecurity, inadequate. Insecure, inadequate. Write those down for me right quick. I want you to look at the prefix, the prefix of both words. The prefix of both words are in. Guess where, guess where these ten people were looking at? They were looking in. They were looking at them. They were basing whether they could go in and take the land like God said they could, right? They was looking at self. They was looking within. See, their faith, right, their faith was misplaced. Mm -hmm. They had their faith in the wrong thing. They had their faith in them. Anytime we put our faith in us, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Anytime we look at self, it's going to be a problem. To do what? To do anything that God has not only called us to do, but based off of who God say we are to him. Because right? God say we somebody to him. Right? And if we don't look and believe what God say we are to him, we're going to be looking at who we say we are. And that's what those ten people did. They looked at self. And what was, okay, so let's, let's, let's back up a minute. So they, they were insecure and they were inadequate. That's who they thought they were. Right? So now we know that that caused their faith to be misplaced. And what do you think those two things created in them? Let me tell you what it created. Fear. It created fear. When we think we're insecure, when we're moving or believing, rather, that we're insecure and inadequate, right? When we, when we think that, guess what it's going to produce? Fear. Fear. Because the faith is misplaced. The faith is misplaced. Our belief is misplaced. So when it's misplaced, the result is going to be fear. And we're not going to believe who God say we are. We're not going to believe, going to be able to move in the, in the things in which God wants us to move in. We're not going to be able to go in the direction in which God wants us to go in. We're not going to be able to go in and take the things that God say is rightfully ours. Why? Because we caught up in us. And us only produce fear. When we caught up in God, it produced faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. 
so depending on which 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 lenses you put on every day, you're either gonna put on the lenses of 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 of, of fear or the lenses of faith. Either either like we get to choose. We we like we really get to choose, right? And so now I want to kind of contrast because I love the way the Bible will contrast things for us. Like God, in his, in his infinite wisdom, he, he, he always contrasts because he wants us to see, see it one way, and then he wants us to see it his way, right, so that we can see the difference, right? And so let's talk about Caleb and Joshua because those were the two, right, that stood by themselves, right? They pretty much stood alone. Everybody, the other ten, they was over here doing them. Caleb and Joshua looked at themselves through the eyes of their faith in God. That was the difference between the two, right, that they looked through the eyes of their faith in God, not in themselves, right? So they were looking at themselves the total opposite than the other ten. The ten labeled themselves as grasshoppers when Caleb and Joshua's like, what's up? We, we giants. Like they knew who they were. They weren't confused or anything like that, right? At all, right? They saw themselves, when they looked through the eyes of faith in God, they saw themselves as adequate. They saw themselves as adequate. They saw themselves as being able to move how God wanted them to move. They saw themselves secure in God. They knew that their security and their adequacy was in God. It wasn't in them at all, period. That's what I love. They knew. They was the complete opposite of the of the other ten that went with them, check this out, went with them in the same land. They went with them. They saw the very exact things that Caleb and Joshua saw. The same exact things. And so because Joshua and Caleb's faith was in God, they saw through those lenses. Let me help you understand what looking through God lenses will produce. Because remember, it produced fear for these over here. It produced boldness, confidence, and courage. That's what Caleb and Joshua produced based off of putting on the lenses of faith in God. They wasn't scared. They wasn't trying to run away. They wasn't trying to complain, make excuses. They wasn't doing none of that. They said, let's do this. We can do this. Don't y'all know that we can do this? Like I, when I'm reading this story, I can picture it in my mind, how they must have like been among Moses, Aaron, and all the children of Israel and, and they like saying, don't y'all know? Don't, don't y'all know who, who got our back? Don't you know who we say we are? You don't know. I can picture that in my head as I'm, as I'm reading that story. I'm telling you. Because Caleb and Joshua did something that we, as Children of God, as women of God, as daughters of the Most High King, that we must do. We must constantly, like, ask the Holy Spirit, right, to have us constantly looking at God instead of looking at ourselves, right, looking to self to get something done that God says he wants us to do. 
I have to be intentional. Me, personally, we're asking the Holy Spirit, and that's what I've been doing. Like, Holy Spirit, help me. You the helper. Help me to keep my focus. Keep my focus on you. Yeah, I know in in the book of Philippians in, in chapter four, how it talks about how it talks about um like uh, Apostle Paul is telling them let me go to it right quick because it wasn't one of my scriptures, but it made me think about it. It made me just think about it as I was talking. It, it hit me. Okay, so the Apostle Paul is telling them, uh, chapter 4, verse 8, he's telling them what to fix their thoughts on. If you want to write that down and look at it later, he's telling them to fix their thoughts on things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and worthy of praise and excellence. Right? That's that's what he's telling them. Right? And then if you if you flip over right quick to the book of Colossians in chapter three, I thought about this too. Chapter three, verse one. It says, Set your sight on the reality of heaven, where Christ is in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's what the word of God says. And that's what Caleb and Joshua were doing. They were doing that. Their focus was completely on God. And how do I know that? Because if you read, if you read verse uh, chapter 14, verse 9, it tells you. They're literally in the midst of all these people complaining, of uh, uh, whining, you know. Having a critical spirit, like they was in the midst of all that. And what did they say? What 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 did Joshua say? He said they are only helpless prey. He said they have no protection. See the the people that was in the land that they scouted out, they had their faith in themselves. Yeah, they did. They had them. They had their faith in themselves, their, their their stature, right? The fact that they were giants, right? They had faith in that, right? Like how sometimes we can put faith when we misplace our faith. We're putting in, you know, our jobs and you know the the title we got on the job and uh, what our bank accounts say and and what degrees we got and what certifications we got behind our name. Like sometimes we'll put faith in that. And 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 Joshua's like, no, 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 no. Don't they ain't got no protection. Because at the end of the day, none of that can protect them. Just like none of that stuff can protect us. Right? Right? None of it. Let me show you how I know. Let me show you how I know. My son is in prison, federal prison. And he's been there for almost 10 years on a 15-year sentence. And this last season of the, like, I have never out of the 10 years experienced a season like I'm experiencing right now with him. Right? I've I, I, I never. Right? And, 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 and although I'm not in there with him, Right? I'm not in there, but he's still my son. And what he deals with and what he goes through, it affects me. Right? Bottom line. And so, if I have $100 million right now, I want to show you how none of that stuff matters. Money, property, prestige, degrees jobs, labels, like none of that matters. If I had $100 million right now, and that's a lot of money, that's a lot of money, I could do nothing for my son's situation. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
My faith is in God to move upon his situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My job is to stay interceding for him. My job as his mother, right, is to stay speaking life into him, even from where I'm at. He in a whole nother space. Mm-hmm. That's my job, right? So I'm putting my faith in God and what he can do, right, not in anything else. Because no matter what I had, no matter what, if I knew the president right now, I couldn't say to him, mm, can, you get, can you get my son out of federal prison right quick? Mm-hmm. Can you get him out right quick? He's really going through. Can you get him out? I couldn't say none of that, right, because none of that would work. So I have to constantly ask the Holy Spirit to help me to stay focused, to stay focused. That's why I said I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to God for waking me up in my right frame of mind this morning. Right? Because when I'm in my right frame of mind, it allows me to stay focused on God and what he wants me to do from my end. Like, what he wants me to do concerning my son from my end. And that's to be in prayer. Because, see, if I'm not in my right frame of mind, let me help you understand something. If I'm not in my right frame of mind, I can't intercede for my son. I can't do it because I'm, fo- I'm focused on the wrong thing. And, that, and that's just the reality of it, right? That's just the reality. And so it, it, we, we must be intentional. I can't say this enough. We're asking the Holy Spirit to help us to keep our faith in God to put on our faith lenses every single day. Even if we notice or he convicts us, you done took those lenses off, we need to immediately ask him to help us put them back on. Put them back on. Help me put them back on. Because for me, if I don't, I'm I'm, going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be messed up. I'm going to be messed up. No. I can't speak for nobody else. I'm going to be completely messed up. And so what I know, what I know is, is that Joshua and Caleb and what I loved about them is that they had witnessed. They had witnessed because I was, I, was, I was asking God, I was like, well, like, Let's really get to the nitty gritty of why of why it was two separate groups. Like 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 really like why they were seeing themselves in the situation the way that they were seeing them. And and God was telling me through the word, through his scripture, he was he was because if you go back to if you go no, let's not go there yet. But he was showing me how they had all witnessed, like the ten, Caleb and Joshua, the whole, the whole um, Israelite, every single one of them had witnessed the move of God in their lives. They had witnesses. They saw God deliver them from Egypt. They experienced it. They experienced it, his deliverance from Egypt. Yes, they did. He, they watched him. They watched him destroy their enemies. They watched him. When they was, when, 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 when Pharaoh's people was coming behind them, they watched God take them under. They saw it with their own eyes. They watched how God made provision for them on every level in the wilderness. They watched how even in the travels, God was with them. He never left them, and he never had forsaken them. 
He prepared them in the wilderness to enter into the land that he promised. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, so if they knew all of this, they witnessed you. They witnessed your hand. They witnessed your move. They experienced you. What what happened? Like why they wasn't all on the same page, right? Like why they wasn't all like on one accord with knowing that they could move into that land and take it like that. And God was 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 showing me how on the on from the onset, and this is where I, I want you not to go back. You can go back at your leisure and, and go to chapter eleven in the book of Numbers. This is a good story. If you go back to chapter eleven, God took me back there, and He told He showed me how from the onset of the mission when they was going into it, the ten, the ten, they went in with unrenewed minds. Even though they saw God do all of that stuff, they experienced it. They witnessed it on so many levels. They went in with unwritten minds and hardened hearts, which resulted in a faith problem for them. The ten, their faith was completely misplaced. Even if, even though they had saw God do all that stuff, is that something? Is that something? Ain't that something? All that. And they faith was misplaced. If you read in chapter 11, they was doing stuff like complaining. They had critical spirits, complaining spirits. They started thinking about, oh, we was, this is how distorted they were. They started thinking about all the good stuff they had back in Egypt, how they was able to eat lovely and all of that, and totally forgot how being in Egypt had them in bondage. They totally forgot about all of that. They were just pleased with the with the process, right? Because they was in a process, right? They was mispleased. They was displeased with the process. They was unsatisfied. They was like, we don't want this manna. We sick of this manna. We want meat, God. We want meat. Moses, we need meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they was unsatisfied with God's provision for them. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's what was going on with them. That's what he showed me. Unrenewed minds and hardened hearts. If we have unrenewed minds, that's why it's so critical for for me. I can't say for nobody. No, no, I'm going to say for all of us. That's why it's so critical for us to be not just reading the word of God, but studying the word of God and asking. Like I ask the Holy Spirit questions now. Well, why did this happen? What, what was this said for? Like I ask him. Because the Holy Spirit uh, interprets the word of God to me. He'll tell me what, why, who, what, where, when, why God said this, why he did that. He'll tell me. He'll, he'll show it to me. So one of the things I also want to talk about before I get ready to end real quick is how when we have on the wrong set of lenses, Right, if we have on the flesh lenses opposed to the faith lenses, then what can happen is that we can become severely distorted. Right, our eyesight is severely distorted, and I mean severely distorted, and it, it affects it affects the way that we deal with ourselves. Right, it affects the way that we see other people and deal with them. It affects the way in which we see the world, right, and how we deal with the world. It affects, right, even, and and, and, and I'm going to just keep it real, it'll affect the way that we see God. It'll affect, when our eyesight is distorted, it'll affect the way that we see God. 
in how we deal with him, how we interact with him, how we be in relationship with him. What do I mean by that? Is that when I think about my own situation with my son and all that my son has dealt with and is currently dealing with, I can easily, I can easily look at God and be like, why you ain't doing something? Why you not do like I can easily get upset with God. I can easily get mad with God. I can easily, women of God, turn my back on God and be like, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. But the beauty of it is that I know that he does. And the beauty of it is if he took care of him this long for almost 10 years, he'll take care of him the remainder four. And that's what I'm standing on. Period. Point blank. Distorted eyesight can have us out of the will of God. It can have us out of complete order. It can have us out of position and everything. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I want to give you a couple of things. I want to give you eight things. I wrote down eight things, and then I'm going to end. I wrote down eight things that severely distorted eyesight can, can result in. We can begin to think like the world. See, Jesus said, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. So we can't think like they think. We have to think God's word. Right? Because we know that God's word is truth. We know that God's word is law. Right? So as his children, we must think like he does. But when you have distorted eyesight, we can start thinking like the world. We can start thinking that it's okay, right, for a, 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 um, what you, what you call it? Um, I can't even think of what they call themselves. So. But the transgender people, you know, like on my job, they had, they had a transgender person in our classroom, you know, and they wanted me to call that person she, he, her. And I'm like, nah, that's a that's a man. Like, no matter how you slice the pie, that's a man. Well, they went through the surgery. I said, okay, and I understand that. But guess what? If 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 the if the if the doctor or somebody threw their blood right now and tested it, what would it come back and say they are? It would come back and say they are a man. And so, you know, I wasn't going to disrespect anybody. Like, I wasn't going to disrespect the person. But I, my thinking wasn't on you, 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 you a lady. No, my thinking was on you, you, you a guy. I didn't mistreat anybody, disrespect nobody, none of that. I just wouldn't do that part. When our, when our uh, eyesight is severely distorted, we can start compromising our kingdom values and principles. Like God said, his word comes from among them. Like you can't do what they, you can't, you, not only can you not think like they think, you can't do what they do. You can't. Absolutely not. And I know we as, as as people of God, as women of God, you know, we are in the marketplace. We are in the world. And I know that it's just so many different things that's going on in the world that could, that, that, that if we're not careful, we can begin to compromise. And it can start with small things, like small things. Like me saying, okay, I'm going to call um, him, her. 
she, he, um, uh, her, she, whatever the other pronoun is. I don't even know. But And then what would I have done next? You know, number three, we could begin making um, emotional decisions, right? Like any decision we make, making it out of emotions, that's dangerous. Anytime we're making decisions out of emotions, we in our flesh. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. We are. Mm-hmm. We in carnality. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. We are. And if you think back over your life, every time you made a decision in your flesh, in your feelings, it don't come out good. We can begin taking everything personal putting on the victim mentality cap. Mm-hmm. When I when I when our eyesight is distorted. Yeah. Yeah we can. Mm-hmm. 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 Taking everything personal. Yeah. Oh they're attacking me. Oh they doing this, they doing that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Number five, we can begin jumping to conclusions. Not even have all the information, right? Not even have, and not even making the attempt to ask the Holy Spirit to help you get the information. Just make a, 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 a rush jump, a rush, a rush to judgment or a rush call on minimal information. Mm-hmm. Number six, we can begin to start blaming everyone else. Mm-hmm refusing to take a look at self, refusing. Even if the Holy Spirit say, do you see that? That's you. That's you. Mm-hmm. I need you to tighten that up right there. And we can act like we don't hear it. the Holy Spirit, ignore him, let what he say go over our head or whatever, and not look at ourselves. Think we good. Think we good? Hmm? Number seven, we can we can when we have a, a severely distorted eyesight, we can begin striving to control not only ourselves but people, places, and things. Hmm? Mm-hmm. We gotta have that control. Hmm. Hmm. And finally, number eight, because we're striving so, I want to connect this back to number seven, because we're striving so to control people, places, and things, number eight is we lose control. Mm. Mm. We lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm. We lose it. We get out of control. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. 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 Mm-hmm. So women of God, that's that's what I was given. And pass on to you. I pray that it resonated with someone that God was able to minister to you personally on whatever He needed to minister to you on. Um, and again, I thank Apostle Joanne for the opportunity. I thank you, ladies, for listening again, and may God bless you all. Amen.